We're home. Cameron and I are back from the amazing 2021 Adga National Show, and we are eager to share our experiences with you. Join us as we chat about the wonderful week, the many things to applaud about this year's show, and some opportunities for improvement. Welcome back, Goat Gabbers, to another exciting rendition of Goat Gab. As always, I am Cameron. And I am Laura, and we are so excited to be with you after our little break. Um, I don't know about you, Cameron, but I kind of missed it. Yeah, I, I did a little bit. I was like, are we going to etch out time to go like record something mini or something like that? And I'm like, there's no way in heck we could have done that. No, gosh, it was a crazy busy week. Oh, yeah, and I just think... Um, obviously the show had some format changes and, and I was helping on some committee stuff and everything else. And I just felt like the week flew by, you know, Cameron, when they originally talked about doing a shortened schedule for the national show, I thought, is that really going to make that much of a difference? And it really did. And I know we're going to talk about that more, but it, it seemed to make a busy week even more jam packed. Yeah, I agree on that there. And it didn't really help from my personal perspective where, um, we showed the first two days on top of that. We had a third breed with us, uh, my fiance is, and we were showing that as well simultaneously with it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was crazy, but, um, let's just jump on in. I, you know, we can start talking about the format for like first, I guess. And I really like said format. Oh, I did too. I thought it was great. And I was a little bit worried when I saw on the schedule that there were going to be three breeds that were shown in one day. Um, but it, it worked out fine. I mean, it, it really did. Nobody was showing until two o'clock in the morning and it really worked out well. Yeah, I agree on that. And it was, it was nice because it was almost like it was staggered a little bit. Whereas <laughs> they started that, that third, that first breed an hour before the big breed supposed to go, which was nice. And then right as, or pre- getting right pretty close to when the, the Alpine breed was going to be done, the Toggenberg started showing. It was very nice very convenient and I pray and hope they keep this format because I'll be honest with you with when you have either an extra day to drive and you're not there an extra day and you can get home earlier or um, maybe you just want an extra long weekend with your family because you missed them um, and you know maybe you're away from your kids or maybe you were away from um, significant others or anything that's just nice to have it is. And especially if you have to be faced with going back to work on Monday, having a couple of days to decompress, do some laundry, take a deep breath, sleep in a little bit or get a nap in there if you need to, um, you know, that works. That worked out just great. So kudos to the National Show Committee for coming up with that. We're kind of jumping ahead into what we were oh, talking definitely. about, but since that came up, I think that's a good thing to start. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff kind of going on in Adga right now, though, if we want to touch on that a little bit. Yeah. Let's, let's jump in there. Um, first and foremost, I am actually looking at my ballot right now on my desk. Um, don't forget to send that out and don't forget to vote, make educated choices. If you did not get some of the letters in your, um, in your ballot, reach out to those people that are running and ask for them. Make an informed decision is all I ask, because this is a pivotal election in terms of ad debt. Very much so. And um, <clears throat> I think everybody that's running has something to say. So take the time to learn the differences between the people that are running and um, 
think a lot about what's really important to you. Communication, approachability, accountability. Think about whether or not you feel like that that person is going to put you forward in those in those areas and, and vote accordingly. As uh, I was have always been taught all my life about voting in any election, if you're not happy with something, make sure you vote because you really don't have a right to complain about it if you've given up your right to vote for the people that are supposed to represent you. That's that's exactly what my parents taught me as well. <laughs> so, um, yeah, please don't do that there. Also, rem- or please vote. Also, please follow the instructions. It is a very complicated process. Remember, get this here, and it seems almost like you need an act of God in order to figure out how to get these into the correct ballots and everything. I, mean, I know every year that um, there are ballots that are thrown out by the auditors because of the fact that people did not put things in the right envelope. It seems crazy to me that it is such a big deal how they do it with ADGA. Any other organization that I've been part of, you don't vote that way at all. But maybe that's yeah. something that we'll get to change down the road. Hopefully. I know there was a subcommittee created on that. I don't know if there was an update mm-hmm. on that or not. I have not seen anything come through my channels or my back channels of communication as well. So, Well, speaking of things coming through, if you're an ADGA member and they have an email address for you on file, you should have received an email that gave you help for signing in. Um, some people are still having a really difficult time getting signed into their account. So uh, keep your eyes open for that and make sure that you follow those directions. And hopefully that'll help you get some successful sign-ins on the new ADGA system if you haven't been successful in the past. Yeah, um, agreed on that. Also, it seems like ADGA, you know, even though they had a lot of staff working at the ADGA National Show, it seems like they're continuing to get caught up on past work. Um, they definitely did take some resources away from the office and divert those to the ADGA National Show, which in the long term is probably smart. But in the in the short term, uh, I don't I don't know if it was the best decision. Again, not my decision to be made. Um, I'm just trying to think, okay, what's going to be the best positive experience for the customer here? Right. But on the other hand, without having a local show committee, and I know we're going to talk about that a little bit, I don't know that they had any other choice. They had to have the people there to help. So, um, you know, several people did say that it was great to meet some of the AGA staff members and, and introduce them to the world of dairy goats and familiarize them with that a little bit more. So that's, you know, that's probably a good thing. Yeah, I agree. And it's always good to put a face to a name as well, where, you know, I didn't even realize somebody who had goats actually was working in the office as well until I saw her. And I saw her at a show and I was like, do you work for Adga? She's like, yeah, I got a pin that says that and everything. Well, cool. I didn't realize that either. That's neat. Good to know. It is. Yep. Um, One thing that I've kind of noticed, uh, several people on Facebook have mentioned that out of the blue, they had notes in their um, NG account inbox that needed their attention. So especially if you're waiting on some tickets or if you've put some registrations in and you're thinking it's taken a long time to get those back, make sure you check out the inbox on your account uh, to make sure that, that you don't have things that are pending for your approval or things that need your help so that they can complete your work. Yeah. It would be nice if Adga actually like sent an email or something when there was something that does it do that? I don't think it does. Yeah. I think it's okay. just, I think it's just, you know, put on you as a burden to pay, pay attention and keep checking back on that. So 
Um, maybe that's something in the future that they could add is a little alert that if you need something, you know, they'll shoot you an email, but yeah, I agree on um, that. Go ahead. One other thing I wanted to talk about, it's kind of a sticky topic, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Um, I think there's some really awesome things about social media. We, so many questions, for example, were answered on the 2021 national show uh, Facebook group. You know, people had questions about what gate to go in or where do I park or where do I find things or different things like that. That's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad that we had that. Okay. Having said that, um, Facebook can be used in a way that isn't very positive towards anybody. And I want to speak specifically about a district that had somebody who came and publicly crucified, for lack of a better word, um, a judge about the job that this judge supposedly did judging a show. Um, yeah, I think all of us need to remember that judges have feelings too that uh, they're not getting rich off of judging shows that it's a lot of hard, hot work judging a show. I don't care if it's a big show or a little show, you're taking time away from your farm. You're taking time away from your daily life, from your job, you're traveling, um, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, you could be putting your own health at risk. And uh, if you have a problem with the job that that judge did, I don't think that social media is the place to air those concerns. What do you think about that, Cameron? I agree on that. And as, as judges, um, it's an informal brothership, brotherhood of, of people. And, you know, we go to bat for each other when we get, um, you know, kind of crucified on Facebook or, or other things tend to happen because we understand how, how difficult it is. I think the important thing to remember for ADGA members is that there are proper channels to go down when it comes to this type of situation. You can write um, letters of concern to the judges committee in which they have proper protocols in order to do that. It is spelled out in the guidebook on what it needs to be done. Specific postmark dates, specific fees that might have to be paid, what it takes for all of this information and, and whatnot there. If you have a problem with an ADGA judge, follow the correct protocol outlined by the guidebook. If you would like to see something happen about it, that's my two yeah, cents. And that, and that protocol is not to blast the judge's name and your perception of the situation all over social media. That's just, that's not cool. To quote one of my daughters, not cool, man. You don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's not real. It's not super cool. So please, if you have a problem, go through the proper channels. That is the only way change can be enacted, and it is not blasting them on social media. Right, for sure. So that's the dark point of the episode. That's right. That's right. And moving off of that, let's let's hit the national show. People that were there, I know if you're like me, you want to kind of like jump back and recap your favorite parts and, and think about it and think about what um, – could be done better and what you loved about the national show. And just to keep ruminating on it for lack of a better word, pun intended, totally there. Um, <clears throat> I would bet that there were lots of herds that made their breeding plans on the way home. Cause I know that we did finalize. Yeah. yeah uh, well, we, I don't even think we looked at the breeding list on the way home. And then Catherine and I did her breeding list 
the other day, kind of after the national show. So, um, yeah, I, and a lot of people do that or they revise their breeding list and, and, you know, it's a great way to kind of capture it all and make it, you think how, think how you feel. And it's a way to put things into perspective as well on a national level of where your herd is at. For sure. It was. So, so starting with that, Cameron, talk about what, like your overall impression and your best highlights, what, what really makes you smile when you think back to your experience at the national show for 2021? I would say um, that I had a great national show. My farm, Kickapoo Valley Dairy Goats had a great national show. Um, Laura and I have talked about this off air and how we don't like to really promote our goat herds and how we do it shows on the podcast. This podcast is not about um, tooting our own horns as it pertains to our goat herds. Um, however, my, I would say for this national show, we had a great show. Um, but what really made it special for me was that it was not just my herd that had a great show. There's a lot of my friends' herds that had a great show as well. And it was an honor to really help them accomplish their goals and see them succeed in some small way possible. Whether it was holding a goat or showing a goat they had in the show ring, running goats back and forth. Um, there's pictures floating on me of social media allegedly milking out a Nigerian dwarf. So um, any... <laughs> Any way I could just be a small part in their success, it was an honor. That is, the, to me, that was the highlight of the show. I think that's wonderful. And and I think there are a lot of stories this year at the national show, whether it was people who had to reach out for help to get there because they had uh, vehicle issues on the way to the show, or people that had sick animals during the show and, and needed some help, or... Uh, just other th other things where people pulled through for each other. It really made it, it just really drove home to me that we are a family. We are a dairy goat family. And that's, that's at the end of the day, that's the best part of it. I think. I think after COVID, a lot of dairy goat breeders or during COVID their, their cup was running a little empty. You know, they were running on E with their goats. So like, I have all these goats. I haven't been able to show them. I haven't been able to see my friends, but I know after the national show this year, my cup is running over again. Uh, it's, it's full to the brim and it's, it's kind of given me a little bit of life back into breeding goats. Yeah, I would agree with that too. I would agree. So, so on, an, um, okay. Go ahead. So I just, I want to honk your horn a little bit. Um, I know that in previous podcasts, we've talked about personal herd goals and so forth. And um, group classes are something that are really important to you. So uh, kudos to you for doing so well in that, in that area also. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah. We were very fortunate to win um, a lot of group classes, both in juniors and in seniors um, as well as one, um, a, 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 a get of sire, senior get of sire and Alpines as well. Um, one of my personal goals though was to really be um, the to really see how my goats did in the sable parade under my herd name. You know, we've had national champions before, but they weren't with our herd. So we yes, we did not have a national champion, a, a senior national champion, which would leads to a national champion. However, we were awarded premier breeder of the breed, which was really exciting. It was a really big goal of ours that we strove for. So I'm very thankful of that and very proud of the goats that were there. Well, and um, you are in the rosettes too, which there's not very many rosettes that are given out at a national show either. 
Yes, yes. Thankful for that as well. We won um, junior uh, champion Sable uh, with an intermediate kid, and then we had reserve uh, best utter in Sables as well with a two-year-old first freshman. So we're very excited about both of those animals for the future. Um, again, we just look at them as pieces, though. That's the thing. Is like what, what, what pieces do they have that we can incorporate into our herd? We celebrate the wins, but we also look to the future as well and seeing how can we um, make these animals even better. So uh, we're, we're very excited about where aspects of our breeding program are going. I will say I'm exhausted after this national show, though. <laughs> well, we were, all, we were all dragging when we got home, too. Um, you know, what I think for, for me, one of the things that was so much fun, we were, show, we were showing alpines and we looked across – the ring with the Toggenbergs in there. And one of my daughters said, isn't that Cameron's fiance at the head of the line over there? And wow, look at that first place two-year-old Tog. Her four-outer goes on forever. And it was really fun. To, it was really fun to see that. So uh, congratulations, yeah. Catherine, on your class win. That was, it was fun to see. Oh my gosh, I know her. That's really cool. So I, I told I think I told everybody in that group class that I was about ready to pee my pants when I saw that um, because I was just <laughs> I was so excited for her. Um, she had a phenomenal national show as well. So um, you know our our combined herds did very well. Um, but enough about my herd, Laura. You had some fun as well, I think. Well, it was a dang surprise fun. It was, and um, I'm gonna. Uh, change what I said a little bit because we try to be as PG as possible, but um, we, we did really well in one class. And, and uh, I think my words to Cameron were, Cameron, this is blank fun. <laughs> and it is. You know, um, so, so we had a class winner and it was a kid. So, you know, it's not a milker. It's, you know, but still it's it was a, still it a was class, fun. It's it was still a class winner. winner. So, you know, as somebody who's never done that before, um, I'm, I'm just saying to all of you out there that think I'm not, you know, that you don't have a chance at it. Everybody has a chance at it. And it's a lot of fun when you, when, when they point you out and you get to walk up there, that was, that was just pretty stinking cool. So um, we, we had a lot of fun with that. So it was, you know, our, some of our does that we thought were going to be, you know, our, our top does didn't make milk. And one of them was sick when we got there and we had to even scratch her. She didn't make milk at all. Um, another doe just for whatever reason, just didn't show well that day. Um, but all in all, we were just as proud to walk out of the ring as we were to walk in. So, um, you know, when you, when you can take animals that you feel good about that carry your herd name and, and you stand about where you think you ought to stand, that's okay. So it was a lot of fun. It was so much, it was so much fun seeing everybody smiling and being happy. And it didn't seem like there was a lot of drama. So that was, that was really exciting. Yeah. And you know, you know me, I love drama, love the drama, live for it some days. Um, but yeah, there really wasn't a lot, which kind of surprises me because it's a national show and there's always drama. If you've been in the game long enough, you'll be able to see the drama. Um, so yeah, but, but what was really fun and I reflect on Alpines with Laura was, um, you know, we both got pulled out in that uh, five, six-year-old class. And it was really cool to stand in fourth place with my doe and then Laura right behind me in fifth place. And I was like, this is cool. Like this, it, it's super fun to see your goats do well, but not not just that, but your friends' goats do well. Because you, right. you're and cheering on your friends. Go ahead. Absolutely. And 
I really, I, I just thought when they picked the Alpine national champion, um, um, Mary Thompson was standing at ringside just beyond me and I was able to turn and see her face. And I thought, Oh my gosh, this, this is it. This is so cool. It was so neat to see a herd that has been a cornerstone in French Alpines in the, in the industry for so long having their day in the sun. And that, that was Akabono is a beautiful, beautiful doe. And it was, it was a lot of fun to see them win that. So um, that was a good class. That was, there was no denying she was the best in my eyes. So I, when yeah. I saw her in the class, I said, okay, Akabono took it to a different level today. This is going to be a tough <laughs> one to beat. That's what I thought to myself. And I'm like, there's not a lot of goats that are going to get around her. So <laughs> yeah, I'll take fifth place in a class with a doe like that at the head. That's, that's all oh, right. Yeah. And um, it, it wasn't hard at all to stare at the back end of your beautiful doe either. So it's, oh. it was a lot of fun. It was just a great show. Yes, it was there. Uh, your daughter did very well in showmanship, I will say. She did. Yeah, she, you know, um, she was seventh the very first year that we showed at Louisville as a junior showman. And she was seventh as a senior this year. So I think that was kind of fun. Um, certainly, certainly had to up her game as a senior showman rather than a little junior showman. She was so tiny that first year that she was there, but it was fun to watch them. Those kids were in the ring for two hours. So it was a long class. Yeah, it was. I think I really scared your daughters when I went over there. Cause I, I went over and I checked your, checked your daughter's showmanship goat. And I was like, what the heck is this for on her? Farther, farther. Bring that thing up. <laughs> and she's like, I'm scared. And I'm like, oh, girl. You can't be scared with the clippers. No, I think that's great. I think it's great. She learned something from it and, um, you know, was very appreciative of your help afterwards. So um, as you said before, it takes a village. And uh, she really she she really enjoyed that class. So I don't I don't care who you are or how many goats you brought to the national show. It takes a village. Uh, whether your village is there, running goats back and forth, helping you get uttered, checking waters, um, feeders, um, whatever, or if it's your people back home taking care of the goats uh, back home, it truly takes a village in order to go to a national show and even find success in a national show as well. So I, I appreciate, and I'm going to shout out all the people that are chore help for people on this because they are just as important as you at the goat show. Cause they're making sure everything at home is okay. Oh, absolutely. And, and none of us could do it without our chore help. So a big shout out to those unsung heroes. Cause you know, you guys rock. Yeah, I agree. What else, what else Laura from this national show for, at least from our experience um, and impressions? Yeah. Well, I, I got to show a Nubian. It's been years and years and years since I've gotten to show Nubians. So, and it wasn't just any Nubian. I got to show, show some beautiful Nubians, including one that got an utter placing. So that was a first for me. I've not ever handled an animal that had an utter placing. So that was a lot of fun. So Paul Fox, you have beautiful Nubians. It makes me want to get back into the floppy ear breed. They're beautiful. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I saw Paul Fox's goats. I was very impressed. And it's really cool to see Paul succeeding because he's using older style genetics and it's just going to show that old style genetics work just as well as new style genetics in the show ring. Oh yeah. And they really stood out. Um, he had a first place junior kid that 
Wow. She just floated when she walked into that ring. She was so pretty. Just so pretty. Acted like she knew she owned the ring and, and she did in that class. So it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Other than that. You know, that's I, about it. I, I really, you know, I liked, we took advantage of the leaving early. And so that was great. We just leisurely packed um, the morning after we were done with our Alpines. And uh, um, it, it was just, it was just really nice. It was nice to, to get home and have some extra time at home with family that maybe not really crazy about the goats. And um, yeah. So I wanted to give a shout out to my middle daughter, Madeline too. She says that nobody ever knows about her, that she's kind of the forgotten child. Like many middle children feel like that they are. She's definitely not <laughs> forgotten, but Madeline did not dress into show whites. But she was the one behind the scenes that was making sure the does were ready to walk in the ring, that made sure that the does had the proper amount of milk in them, that they were clean. She took pictures. Uh, she just kept everybody moving along, and we couldn't have done it without her. So uh, there are those unsung heroes also who are working on the sidelines that are just as important as the people who have the collar in their hand. So I think your mom did that. Oh, yeah. My mom is a saint. God bless her soul. Um, there are some days where I would rather be that person than on the collar. I can see that. Yeah. it's Sometimes it's just easier because you don't have to worry about – you can't control what happens in the ring. You just know that you do your right. best. Yeah. It was truly uh, a phenomenal national show. It sounds like for both um, the Kickapoo Valley camp and the Maple Wind Capreme camp as well. So um, let's reflect on what went well, though, at the national show in terms of the overall show as a whole. Right. I think there's a lot to say that went really well. Yeah. And I think I think the ability to leave early and the condensed schedule really worked well. Uh, yes, I do too. And it sounds like that they are, the plan is to do a condensed schedule for at least the next two national shows as well. Yeah, I, I had not heard that, but that sounds awesome. Yeah, I think I saw it posted somewhere on Facebook today. So I'm like, okay, that's gotcha. that's really neat. That'll work. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about vet check, Cameron, because I, I think <laughs> that maybe we had some different perspectives on this. So yeah. Um, we came in on Saturday. We we got to the fairgrounds at about 6.30 in the morning on Saturday. And there were probably five people in front of us when we got there. Um, but I felt like that it went really easy. Other than the fact that I was so stinking tired, once again, I couldn't back my trailer around. So, um, you know, it was nice, nice to not have to do that. Had somebody else back it for me. But um, I thought the vet check went really smoothly from our standpoint. Yeah, so we my my herd and Catherine's herd went in on Thursday or Friday because um, we were helping. So I did probably twelve hours. Of, uh, I probably did about ten hours of vet check. Um, Catherine did about eight hours of vet check. My dad did ten hours of checking in exhibitors for there. So we were busy all all Saturday. Um, Thursday was a little bit um, a little more discombobulated, I would say. And and as you as a as a for lack of a better terms I'm going to call you a normal exhibitor. And by normal I mean you are not on one of the committees that helps put on the show. Um, you probably had more of a positive experience in vet check than I did. 
yeah, it was very positive. I don't have any complaints about it at all. I felt like that they were thorough. I felt like that there were plenty of helpers that were um, helping to unload the animals to take a look at their tattoos and um, to load them back on the trailer so we could get them put, put where they needed to go. It was quick and easy and took about 10 minutes tops. So, Yeah, vet check was really good on Saturday. So I, Friday, I won't get into the details about that. The only problem with vet check, and it really isn't a vet check problem, it's more of an unloading problem, is that there wasn't, if you weren't in that other barn, the west barn or the the other barn where the people that were leaving early were, you had nowhere really to park your trailer and unload your stuff. Oh, gosh, I didn't think about that. You're right. Yeah, where where yeah. did you go to do it? Well, we had the – we because we were one of the herds that was allowed to come in early – we could do it relatively close to the door. However, people that could not have to go out into the parking lot and leave their trailers there and then walk their goats from the parking lot all the way inside to wherever their pens. Oh, that's yeah. Um, that probably needs, that probably needs to be um, looked at if we do that again next year. It, yeah, it truly was a facility issue because there wasn't other any other place we could do it. We were afraid on the vet check side of the rain coming in. Um, and we that's why we did it all from there. And it did rain in the morning a little bit, but it didn't really rain much in the afternoon at all. So we stayed there and did it at those loading docks. Um, we backed the trailers up, and that was really nice, and we had a good crew doing that. However, if you were in the bar- that big barn and you weren't leaving early, so the Nigerian dwarf people – you um, had to truck all of your goats and your tack and your hay and water and everything else that you had to your pens through that door. Whew. That's, that's a long haul. Yeah. So we had to do that with all of ours um, on Thursday and all our tack and everything else. So, I mean, it was not, I was exhausted on Thursday and then I was exhausted on Friday. (laughs) No, I exhausted on Friday dust on Saturday and then Sunday was a blur <laughs> <laughs> for sure so, it was yep but 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 it was, it was all around it was smooth vet check was very smooth um you know there's always process improvements to look into making it better next year and and we'll hopefully be able to get it you know uh, just as good of an SOP down next year to make it even better well I speaking of smooth and you'd mentioned that your dad worked in the registration uh, that was really awesome too. Just didn't have to stand and wait. They had plenty of people helping. Uh, really easy to check in registration papers and and you know smiling faces. People very happy. Uh, no issues. Very quick and easy. Yeah, I I did not hear that. I heard there was a line there later on in the day, but you got in early. Yeah, we got in early. Yes, so that was helpful. So, so. yeah, so that there. I would say another thing that was a home run was the feed vendor. I, um, I had some, you know, I went, we had to go buy some straw and my straw quality was great. Ours was too. And we, we bought uh, two bales of the Western, the three ba- the three twine hay. And mm-hmm. it was good quality. My goats ate it. Well, it was, it was waiting in my pens when we got there. That was easy peasy. So um, I feel like that that was that was really a home run. I saw them working all week long, delivering straw and hay and and feed to different people all over the barn. So I thought they were yeah. easy to work with. That was really nice because if you needed supplies to go, you know, like you didn't have to worry about the feed vendor packing up and leaving. Um, 
you know, and saying, hey, get your orders in for the feed vendor because they're leaving on this day. It was nice to have them the whole time. So that way, if you were leaving and you did need hay, you could get it, you know, on Thursday when you left or if you needed straw, you could get it on Wednesday like I did. So that was really nice. Yeah, it was very nice. And, and they were nice people to work with email wise. I had some questions for them and they got back with me just right away. So it was oh, very wow. good. Another yes. thing that I thought was a positive and has been a complaint in years past, but it just seemed to be a lot better to me this year. I thought that the climate and the vi- ventilation in the barns was, was not an issue this year. Yeah, I didn't, I felt like there was the least amount of ammonia of the three, excuse me, four times I've been to the Louisville facilities. Yeah. Um, you know, the last day that I was there, so we left, we left Thursday to come home. Um, is that right? Did we leave Thursday? Uh, Wednesday. Maybe Wednesday. No, we left Wednesday to come home. You noticed a little bit of an ammonia smell when you walked into that West Wing, but it definitely was not to the eye streaming, make you wheeze, have a difficult time breathing level that it has been in years past. And I don't know what they did that was different, but that was really nice. Yeah. I also... I, you know, when you got in there at first, it was a bit of a shock to the system, I feel like, in terms of, like, temperature-wise. However, as you kind of – the week went on, you just kind of got used to it, and I think the goats did too. Um, you know, there's always going to be sick goats at a national show, and whether it's climate control or not, that's just what happens when you put 2,400 animals in the barn. Right, and they're not – you know, they didn't have the big doors open very often. And once in a while the doors were opened up, but most of the time it was an enclosed building. So that's, that's a lot of air circulation that they have to do to keep it decent in there. So I thought that, I thought that was a positive this time. Yeah. Laura, what you also said that the milk dump was well, which I thought this was one of the best milk tubs I had seen in a national show. I did too. <laughs> I thought it was great. Um, it, it was, there was never, well, not to get gross, but you know, some years you see curds and chunks of milk everywhere and the smell is atrocious. And this just smelled like a nice semi-bleached running water milk dump. It was great. I didn't have any issues with that at all. I'm over here gagging, thinking about the milk dump at Columbus. (laughs) That was gross. The milk dump at Pennsylvania. Elizabeth has nightmares about that especially the day that they didn't come and pick up the milk. She said it was beyond disgusting. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's a known problem with national shows, but this one, they nailed it as far as uh, getting a 10 out of 10 since we're in Olympics right now. They got yes. a 10 on their milk dump this year. It was great. I Well, I was thinking about the Olympics today as I was watching the gymnastics and I was like, I really feel like the national show is similar to gymnastics where there's different events you have to compete in. Unloading. Clipping, showing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uttering up, <laughs> Ut- uttering. Yes, you know there is there is a trick to rear udders there. So, for sure, for sure. Um, another yeah. real positive, and you know, this isn't something that's out of the blue and isn't usually a positive, but the youth events were just spot on this year run so smoothly. And um, even if there was a little hiccup, they got, it got fixed quickly. And um, 
you know, the kids all seemed happy. It seemed like that there was a good number of kids who were able to participate. And that embedded youth show each year just gets better and better. Yeah, I, I agree on that there. One, I did have a couple problems and a little, I guess a little, some, some feedback, I guess there. One thing that kind of, I don't know, irked me a little bit was the fact that at one point they weren't allowing people to sign up for showmanship on, on site which to me seems wrong that we're going to punish a kid for, uh, for a parent's mistake. And I don't think we should ever be doing that. And, you know, we should say, okay, that's, we admit it's a problem. However, we need to give these kids an ample opportunity in order to succeed. What was the reasoning that, that they wouldn't let a kid sign up if they didn't sign up before? I mean, I guess I can see in a, in a breed class, not doing that, but these are kids. Yeah. And you know, it's like, Oh, my, my mom went and forgot, or my dad went and and forgot to do, cause it wasn't easy to sign up for the youth stuff. To be honest, you had to create like a second blue ribbon account, correct? Yes. And I totally screwed that up. So yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like they just were like, Oh, well, it seemed like that. And then my dad went cause he had told him that. And he was like, do you really want to do this? And it seems like they might've got it reversed. But to me saying a kid cannot participate because um, of a of a mess up of a of a of a parent that just to me seems crazy. Yes, I agree with that. But did they end up letting those kids go ahead? And I think I think they did. I think they did. Yeah, yeah. And I then think, the you know, only I, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say in in the end, I think common sense usually prevails. So I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I agree on that. Uh, one thing also I had noticed is that they kept pushing for kind of a digital route for the premier youth exhibitors, which is great. However, if you don't, we don't have Wi-Fi in the barn, you know, we can pay for a $15 Wi-Fi in the barn, but um, you know, that's, that's really expensive. And, and two, if a kid doesn't have a smartphone, how else would they do that? Or a parent doesn't have a smartphone. Right. I, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that maybe in those cases, those kids would have gone up to, Bruce Foster or Paul Plummer or somebody else who is on the uh, national show youth committee and said, look, I can't watch this orientation that I'm being asked to watch because I don't have a smartphone and we're not paying for Wi-Fi in the barn. And how do I watch this? And I would hope that some other options were given to them, but you know, maybe next year, if COVID's not an issue, they'll go back to having the youth meeting. Cause honestly, I think from a youth standpoint, those youth meetings are important to get the kids mixing together and becoming friends and uh, meeting other kids. Cause you know, I don't know about you, Cameron, but when I was a youth at national shows, that was the highlight of the year was getting to meet other goat kids at national show. Yep. I agree on that. Um, one thing as well. And, and this and to me just seemed like a real problem is it was in the Nigerian show. And I was obviously helping someone show um, their goats and they kept pushing for them to get the youth embedded show results in however they weren't done showing you know we were in the middle of group classes and they kept pushing for them to get done and i understand want to do that but during those group classes you don't have time to hop on a phone and go do that no and you don't have all the the results to put in yet and this so you're talking about the results for the premier youth exhibitor um like the points for the, for, um for the breed for right. the breed for the breed. So yes. where you, so to where me, you put in oh, your sorry. placings, no, where yes, you put your placings correct. in. Yes. Uh huh. Right. I agree. So 
they were really pushing that. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Kids are still showing their groups. Like, this just seems like a bit overkill to me. Like, this is, I understand you want to get it done, but also let them show their goats. Let them have a little bit of, of time to take a breath and then sit down and fill those forms out so that they're consistently correct. You don't want to fill those forms in with wrong information. Yeah, I agree on that. So I just, to me, there could be a better system and maybe next year it's better where you can denote on the entry form that this is a youth doe and then the placing automatically gets dumped in there and there's a different system and then maybe it's just a whole Excel spreadsheet or something. But like, it seems a bit redundant to be filling out a form, a, a form on top of already denoting that right. the goat is a youth doe as well. So that just seems redundant to me. I agree with that. And, you know, I, I do think, tell me if I'm wrong, but the plan is that NG will have national show entries to be able to be embedded in it like our old system did, correct? I, I think so. I think that's the plan, but I don't, again, okay. I, haven't, well, I have not seen the story cards to, to confirm that. Right. Well, let's let's hope that's the case because, you know, of all the things that were bad with the old Ross system, the national show entry program was just slicker, was very slick. So <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see us go back to using that again. Yeah, I agree on that. Um, yeah. So I think that, and then one overall thing is people just seem to be happy. Like there was not drama so like you mentioned. Just- yeah. They, you know, lots of smiles and, you know, I mean, once in a while somebody had something they weren't happy about and, and, you know, sometimes those were placings and sometimes those were other things that came up. But overall, the general impression I got was just, you know, we're, we're glad to be here. We're glad to be showing. Um, if I'm at the show, show ring, you can see that people were trying to smile behind their mask. And, uh, yeah. you know, it, it was it was a good it was a good time. So um, anything else positive that we want to kind of cover over that, Cameron? I, I think we're going to we're going to turn to the negatives here, or the concerns we have. But. I think all in all, it was a super great, um, fairly well-run national show with very small hiccups that could be seen by the public eye. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And kudos, kudos to our national show committee and our AGA leadership. I mean, I think, I think we need to go, I think, I think we need to make sure to say that because, you know, as we've heard over and over, the decision could have been made that once again, we're going to cancel this national show. It's just too hard to put it together with COVID restrictions and other concerns. And, and, you know, this is the first year that we've done it without a local host committee and they pulled it off. So, you know, thank you to the committees for all their hard work that, that they put in there. And you're part of that too, Cameron. So thank you. <laughs> well, no problem at all. It's a, it's an honor um, to be able to put on a good show. So, um, let's move on here. I think the first concern, and we kind of talked about it with NG was using this outside source for the blue ribbon program. Yeah, it was, you know, it wasn't, I don't think it was horrible to do. I mean, did you, I, you've got to, you have to put all the information in, you have to put the animal's full name and there was a limitation on characters. So some of the names couldn't get put in, in their entirety. Yeah, I think that, and, um, the ability for the inability for it to transpose into a show book was also a limiting factor as well. Um, we had to go in and put dam and sire and, and all of the information in there. However, there seemed to be inconsistencies of transposing that onto the correct format for a show book. 
Right. And I don't know about you, but one of my favorite things about a national show is having that show book in hand and seeing the names of the animals, seeing the registration numbers of the animals, and most importantly, seeing who their dams and sires are so that, that, you know, I can think about, Oh, is this a buck that I want to use? I really admired this in his daughters. This is something down the road. And, and I feel like that the show books that we had pretty much were leaving you blind because you didn't have any of that information. Yeah. And I think as well, it's nice for references so I can go in the show results and in the show, the show books and the results, and I can control F and say, hey, I want to find uh, one out of Pleasant Grove Super Saga or something like that. So I type in Grove Super, and it can just brings up the goats right there, and I can say, okay, and look at that. So that's going right. to be a bummer for future years. Yes, I, I agreed. I Again, I kind of hope it's a moot point, though, because I hope that – that if we bring this in house, we'll be able to have all of that information at our fingertips and it'll be awesome. But especially not having Adga genetics with any of this year's kids information in there. Nobody has any idea who the winning junior does are because they're not going to be, they're not going to see their damn sire. There's no way to look yeah. that up. Yeah. People were looking for my fiance's junior national champion and she was a junior yearling. And they're like, why can't I find this goal? I have no clue on the information. She's like, well, she wasn't really registered till like April, so um, that, that that's the reason why you can't find anything on NG about the goat, and there's nothing in the show books either. So it, it really, you know, it, it's kind of a moot point because okay, this is a nice to have and not a necessity, um, but it's something that's been built into the national show as an expectation because we've had them for all these years. Right, right. So um, to go back to a previous episode where Cameron said it's important to get your website updated, uh, probably this year more than ever, get your up- website updated. So if somebody wants to look up your junior champion, they can look and see who that who that kid is out of because it's on your website with the updated information. So I agree. And the fact of the matter is, is they weren't giving out show books. There was no show books and it was all on your phone. So people that like to follow along in the show book and, and do the uh, do the physical markings themselves couldn't do that. Right. Now that's, yeah, that was a hard thing. And I don't know about you, but I have years past of show books that I have notes in there where I've said, you know, beautiful top lines or consistent rear udders or uh, gorgeous front ends or watch the pasterns on this one or or whatever. But I go back and look at those notes when I think about, possible breedings so yeah yeah i agree on that and i think as well um it just it, it helps me and they had them out in a fairly decent time which was great but i like to see a physical thing because i am not on my phone at a goat show as much as i am in real life so um because i'm running around doing a hundred different things there um but I, I to me i like to count classes i like to count classes and it helps me kind of benchmark in my mind where, um, how long it's going to take in between classes. So if I know either we have one three-year-old in that class, I need to know how much time there's going to be in the four-year-old class. And I don't feel like with this show book, I was able to do that very well because there wasn't clear headings in it uh, and there was no physical copy. Yes, I would agree with that. Oh, one positive I want to jump back and put up there. I really felt like that all of the judging teams that we had did a good job of moving through animals in a timely manner. Yeah, I agree. And even in the Nigerians where, you know, there was 250 each day, 
we didn't show for super long. So. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's nice to see. And I don't know if it's something that they worked on as a group that they just said, Hey, you know, let's, let's try to be decisive and move quickly through these groups. But um, it was, it was nice to see that animals really got moved through in a timely manner. Yes. Okay. So jumping back to other concerns, uh, something that I really did miss was not having a Colorama sale this year. Yeah, I agree on that. And I serve on the color MSL committee and uh, I, I love the sale. I think the sale is a great way to end the week. Um, it's a way to, um, you know, support the show. If you didn't want to, if you wanted to do it um, through purchasing an animal and it's just a fun time because you're out there bidding, there's a little bit of wine and cheese mixed in with it as well there. Um, so yeah, I think no Colorama sale and no, um, formal, um, mixer for lack of a better terms in terms of getting everyone together and celebrating the national show was a real shame this year. So, you know, one of the things that has been discussed quite a bit is, is this early, early release, um, allowing people to leave early. And I think that that probably contributed to a good number of people coming to the show was being able to leave early. And one of the arguments that's been said or that I've heard people have said is that, well, we won't do that when we get back to normal because there's no way we could do a Colorama sale. Well, what if, what if instead of doing that sale at the end of the week, what if we did it at the beginning of the week? And what if that was part of a welcome dinner or a welcome mixer or something like that to get everybody excited and enthusiastic and pumped about the national show and being there and start off with this, premier sale could that work See, i was yeah me and my dad were kind of brainstorming that and we kind of agreed that maybe a mixer or a happy hour or a social hour just something and then the youth could go do their pizza party that they do the youth pizza party and then the adults could go to this um you know mixer social hour or whatever you want to call it we could have a specialty drink you know, uh, based on the location and call it something fun and whimsical and do a cash bar, you know, something like that. Um, we, we really thought this out on the way, actually. Um, you know, something fun that would just kind of kick off the week with some type of, like, fellowship. I mean, not fellowship, but, like, camaraderie. Right, yeah. Pump up the excitement. Yes, I, yes, I agree on that. And, and yeah, there, there's a whole lot of things there with that, and there's a whole logistics schedule to figure out, but... Of course, there, there, well, we'd figure out a way. So, I think that I think that could work. Um, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to see that work anyway. Let's say that. Yes, I agree on there. Next concern I had, and this is a big one for me, is there was so much inconsistency, and in you have mask wearing. I just think it's in rules in general that were there at the national show. There's so many rules that are broken and clearly broken at the national show and there was a lack of enforcement of said rules. Yes. I I would totally agree with that. Um, and some of, some of the inconsistency in mask wearing was captured on pictures big time. So people saw that even though the rule was that judges and, um, everybody wore those masks, they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I agree on that. 
And and to me, it, it's important. If we're going to have rules, we need to make sure everyone follows them. And there should be no exceptions to said rules. There shouldn't be – and you know what? I may have broken the rule a time or two um, when I would take my mask off to blow some air out of my face or if I would was ringside and maybe I didn't have my mask completely on or, or something like that. I, and I broke the rule as well. But at the end of the day, if you are going to put pictures on social media, you should be following those said rules. Very much so. And it shouldn't matter who you are, whether a judge or an exhibitor or a um, ringside worker, you got to wear those masks if that's what the rule is. I think I think that inconsistency makes people frustrated and makes them uh, just plays into the whole thought that it's all about who you are, not not trying to be fair for everybody. So that is yeah. that that was a bummer. Yeah, I agree on that. Another thing as well that really bothered me was there's this rule written in that you can't sell semen at the national show. I get it, and I understand why it's a rule. You can't sell semen at the national show because they want you to buy a vendor table. That makes sense. Some herds choose to purchase a vendor table. Some do not, yet there are still delivering semen to the national show. And there are semen tanks being run around and shuttled around by even national show committee members as well, which are clearly breaking the rules because they're Selling semen, technically not selling semen if cash has already been it uh, swapped, but it's still in violation of the rules because they're exchanging semen um, there. So I, to me, if there's going to be rules, everyone needs to follow them and they need to be enforced. There was just a lack of enforcement of said rules. And at one point, one of the national show committee, or excuse me, national share co-chairs walked by someone literally with their semen tank out exchanging semen. So I guess I need some clarification on that. My understanding was that if there was no money that was being, no money that was being exchanged, that it was okay to do that. Um, but I, if you, I was told otherwise, like if I if I would have said if I would have said, "Hey, Cameron, um, I'm here with my tank and I have um, fifty straws of Snoopy Palupski that I'm going to sell. Do you want it?" Oh yeah, and you gave me fifty bucks for it or whatever. That's not available. That's not that's not right. I have to have a vendor booth for that. But if you paid me by PayPal beforehand and I was just delivering it, I was told that that was okay. So uh, regardless of of if it's okay or if it's not okay, there needs to be a very clear clarification on those rules. Yeah, and then it needs to be enforced as well. That's the big thing. If we're gonna have these rules, that's fine. Let's make sure we are enforcing said rules. Right. I agree with that yes. too. So just, just the whole thing as well. Also on the rules thing where, and I did not see it at all. Where was the giant sign that hand, that sits out on the ring that says the dress code of the ring? Yeah, I didn't see it. And there were some pretty blatant um, misfires on dress codes for lack of a better word um people wearing hats in the show ring come on guys that's easy you're not supposed to do it yeah yeah including and this was a, in a national, national judge this was in a champion lineup yeah yes i i agree I, to, to me it's just if we're gonna have rules we need to enforce said rules that is my biggest thing there was no accountability to keep rules um enforced so that, right. that really needs to be looked at by the national show committee from my perspective um so yeah so that's that's my big thing i'm i'm very hot to trot about it because to me 
if we have rules, they need to be enforced. Yeah. And if you're not going to enforce them, then don't even bother to have them because yeah. what, what ends up happening is that they're not enforced equally and then it just makes people angry. So I, I agree with that totally. Mm-hmm. Um, something else that I thought was a little frustrating moving off of the rules, but you know, we are in a digital world now and everybody has, well, not everybody, but the majority of people have access to smartphones and Facebook and the ability to put information out there. I really felt like there was a huge lag on putting results up through social media. Yeah, there was a couple of herds that were, there was a herd, I think it was Hornbow or there was some herd that was doing it and capturing it all, which was great. But at the same time, you know, the American Dairy Association really needs to jump on the ball as it pertains to getting them up faster. I mean, the whole dairy goat world, for lack of a better terms, is is really watching them. And, and they really need to do a better job of being able to communicate those results in a faster way. I haven't looked today, but when I looked yesterday – there are still some major results that aren't listed yet. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know that this was a learning year, that this is the first year that we haven't had a host group or a local host group. But uh, I really feel like um, somebody being in charge of communication and, and releasing results almost instantaneous if possible that's really, that needs to be a priority for future years, whether that's somebody from the ADGA office that takes charge of doing that, or it's somebody on the national show committee that says, you know, I'll, I'll take this over and make sure that's up there, but it's got to be done. Yeah. Yeah. I agree on that there. And I think, you know, I, I looked today, there were still no results. There's no results on like high three Oh fives or like premier breeders, premier exhibitors, um, to me, and I get it, it's it's not a work day right now, so there's no incentive to go and put those in on the website right now. Um, but to me, there needs to be more faster movement of, of information between parties uh, for that. But again, that's it's a it's a it's a moot point, but I think it's important. I think it's important as well. Yes, um, one thing that really bothered me. And, and it was, mm-hmm. and it was this is, it was a problem all week was first off the sound system was terrible. Oh, yes. Yes. So you had um, no clue. You had no clue. Right. What was being said. And I was, it, I was in the West Pavilion and we heard nothing. The only way that you could know what class they're on or even what breed they're on is to run all the way into the other the other ring, wing where the show rings were and stand at ringside and try to figure out what class that they're showing right then. No, you couldn't hear anything. Yeah, and and I was the same way as we couldn't hear anything. Additionally, there was no communication around at least when the show started about when the show was starting. There was no 15-minute warnings, 5-minute warnings. We were back at our pens waiting for the first class. Well, the first class was going into the ring because we hadn't heard a 15-minute warning, not even a five-minute warning to get your animals up to the show ring. To me, that is – it's very unprofessional. And then someone from the National Show Committee running back to our pen saying, hey, you guys were starting the first class. And we're like, well, where's our communication around that? Right. 
Well, and then at the beginning of the show with the first Nubian class, Nubians were set to start at four o'clock and they came and said it was going to be four thirty, And then they said it was going to be four forty-five. and uh, no reason why it kept getting pushed back. There were a whole bunch of us standing up there with junior kids waiting to go in. Um, it, that was kind of, that was kind of crazy. So um, if, if they had made an announcement, Hey, um, Nubian exhibitors, we realize it's 10 till four right now. We're going to put off starting the show until whatever time that would have been very much appreciated. Those kids could have stayed in the pens. You wouldn't have had to stand for 45 minutes at ringside with your mask on. You could have waited back in your pen where you can breathe a little bit easier. Just would have made things a lot better. I agree. Communication was important. Well, and even communication on Saturday as well, like, you need to have your trailers moved um, to the different lot. You, you know, even some clearer signage on where to park and unload your trailers at. Um, and then just, just clear signage about milk dump as well. Just other things about where things were or even a little announcements. There wasn't even like in the morning, no one would welcome you to the American Dairy Goat Association National Show over the microphone. Yeah, we didn't even, don't we usually open with a national anthem? I, I don't remember. I, I, you know, I had heard that on ringside and I was like, I don't think that's true at all. I think it usually is. I think I, that's always I, been tradition, but I could be I, wrong. I see. I don't even know. Like, I don't even think so. And one year Jackson Noble sang it and you know, that was a thing, but uh, if you know, it's just, I don't know. It should be part of it. Let's say that. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, regardless, a, a better working PA system and a better working communication system would have been much appreciated. That would have been awesome. Yeah, I agree on that there. And I, I, so, Laura, I oh, go ahead. No, please go on. No, I was just going to say this comment about just small things missed because there wasn't a host group is spot on. Yeah. Um, you know, it, again, it was the first year we haven't had a local host group. So, there were a lot of things to do, but we were kind of talking about it on the way home, my girls and I, and, and we kind of missed the little touches that the local host group does. And I'm not talking about first betting. That's nice. But to me, that's not a deal breaker, but things like um, a list of local uh, laundry mats that you could get laundry done at if you needed to, or, um, you know, here's some things that you might do while you're here in Louisville. Go visit. Besides Churchill Downs, you know, you, you could go to Louisville Slugger. You could go to um, the Kentucky uh, Kingdom Amusement Park. And even like a pamphlet about information about that park would have been helpful in there. There were just some things about Louisville that the local committee would have taken care of that were definitely missed this year. Signage. Um, here's where the ADGA office is. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I'm a dumb person, but it took me several days to figure out where the, where the actual office was. Um, yeah. I had been told one place and that's not where it was, but there was not a sign. So um, a sign marking where the vendors were, if it weren't for my girls who said, Hey mom, you go through there and you go through that door. And then it's down at the very end. I, it would have been difficult to find them because there wasn't a sign anywhere that said, come visit our amazing vendors. Yeah. Just again, better signage and little things. And I was talking with someone, they're like, I miss 
the local host group's hospitality table, just somewhere to get coffee in the morning or something like, or, or water or tea or, or something in the morning. People really like that, I think. Mm-hmm. I think so too. It made you, it made you feel welcome. Yeah, I agree. So that, I think just a little attention to detail that again, I know we're in a weird year with the transition to non no host group at all. So, um, you know, I think little things like that would really just add good little touches. You know, it's important to be detail oriented where the details matter at the national show um, on your votes. It's important to be the details matter on your show experience as well. And, you know, maybe in the future, so maybe we, maybe we never go back to having a local host group and I get, I get the reasons why we don't want to do that. Okay. I got it. But there's an opportunity for whether it's an FFA group or a 4-H group or a local dairy goat association to really shine and say, we are so excited to have you here and we want you to feel welcome. And along that note, the um, American Nigerian Dwarf Dairy Association. Did I get that right? A-N-D-D-A. Their their little gift of um, the tag holder to to hold your cards to show your goats, that just really touched my heart. I thought that was so kind of them to do that. They didn't do that just for the Nigerian exhibitors. They did that for all of the exhibitors at the national show. Dropped that in, dropped that in your welcome bag. That was just so nice. And the little samples of soap and and even without a local committee, I thought that the welcome bags were great. I didn't even look at the welcome bags, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, you missed it because it had cool stuff in it. But that that little gift from the Nigerian dwarf folks, thank you guys. That was nice. Um, and I think that in the future, maybe local groups could think about how they can help with the welcoming part of it. So, Yeah, I agree there. One thing that really bothered me, again, kind of going back to the facilities, this is not – the best venue we've ever had in, at Louisville. Obviously, we're in the West Wing. We've been in other exhibit halls before. The electricity was really um, sparks in my barn. Oh, gosh, yes. It was a problem. You had to drape your cords through other people's pins or across pins. or And then the water, I don't know if it was this way in your barn, but in the West Wing, one of the pins that I paid $25 for had a water spigot in the middle of the pen. Yeah. That's, and that was a that's problem. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So that was, um, you know, whether it was, I think the pins were set up in the opposite direction this year from where they had been before. But, um, you know, that, that probably needs to be looked at. If you're going to be assigning pins to people, make sure that they don't have water in the middle of their pins. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, um, the new photographer situation. Um, I'd like to start out by say, saying that I think Melanie was one, I think she must have like energizer bunny batteries or something because I never saw her stop. She was like from sunup to sundown was working harder than just about anybody in that barn. I thought, um, taking pictures of all the classes, taking pictures in both rings that were going on, trying to keep up with the pictures of the people that wanted one of the beautiful posed national show shots that was going on, trying to keep up with youth pictures and class winner pictures and champion pictures. I, she just never stopped. 
Yeah, I even saw her clipping on her goats until 3 a.m. one morning, one night. Oh, I didn't realize she had goats there herself. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, and I think I thought she did a great job. I'm sure the pictures are fantastic. I'm not ever going to doubt Melanie Ferguson's photography ability as it pertains to goats because I think she can truly capture goats in in their element in the show ring and make them look good. The only thing right. that really concerned me about Melanie was that she was a one man crew and that between two rings plus individual side shots as well, there were major problems with traffic flow over there um, to get your individual shots of goats. Major problems. And um, like what happened? Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say there were people who wanted pictures, but just said it's not worth it and, and took their own pictures because it just, it was too much. There was too much of a, a backlog waiting for pictures. And uh, yeah, yeah. One, I just don't think it's cap. I don't think just one person is capable of doing it. Yeah. I agree on that. And you know, there are required pictures that you're supposed to have taken. And I know for a fact that some of my picture required pictures are not taken because of the fact that we simply didn't want to keep our goats in milk that long um, to, to wait for her um, because she was running around capturing other things. And I get it. It's very important there. But at the end of the day, um, it's also important to get our animals milked out and making our girls feel comfortable. Right. Right. So maybe if Melanie is going to do it again, which, you know, again, I'm sure that these pictures are going to be unbelievable, but maybe having a team of photographers to help cover would be a great thing to do. Yeah, I agree on that there. And then the last thing I think we want to check on here is I want to talk, let's talk about milk check. And I know we beat a dead horse to milk check, but I want to keep beating this horse. Yeah. So um, I volunteered for milk check. I did it one day. Okay. And, um, um, you know, I, I think we did it in a fairly timely manner. I feel like that we were careful in how we, we looked at animals, but at the end of the day, we're not going in and touching udders and seeing if they are milked out or not. I don't know if that udder that I looked at that looks fairly kind of fleshy. I don't know if that's milk that didn't get milked out. If that's excess udder tissue, if that's damage from mastitis. And that's not my call to make. You know, I know that the teats looked empty, so I called it good. And we went on from there. We checked tattoos. I, I personally just don't see it as a value added anything for the national show. Goats were still yeah. over uttered when they walked into the ring. So what happened with our milk check was we checked the tattoos and everything. And then we went and milked them out again after, after the milk check. Um, because we knew we kind of knew how to utter our goats in, in that regard. But the most important thing was it was a waste of manpower in my opinion. Yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And it's not, you know, animals are still going in over uttered. Um, you're not like disqualifying or like you're not, you're just double checking them that all the animals are present again. So it's not like you're scratching goats or it's not making the show go any efficiently or more efficient. You're just wasting manpower hours. Judges at the Edgar national show should be able to determine if an animal is over uttered and should be able to say this animal is over uttered. Please go milk. Please go relieve some uh, for the goat. So um, yeah, to, to me, it, the milk check was a complete waste of time. Yeah, they did that. They excused animals to go be milked out. 
I mean, not milked out or to be relieved, I guess I'm saying. So the judges aren't, they're not afraid to do that. And I just, I just don't know what, to me, part of being a good showman is knowing at what amount of milk your animal shows is the best. And a milk check isn't going to really affect that at all. If you're, I, I just, again, I think it's, I, I, I agree. It's a waste of manpower. It's something that is just adding um, an extra amount of stress for people to get done. And, and for what point? Um, my biggest concern with it all is we had directors that voted to keep the milk check in, yet they weren't even at the national show to help facilitate that check. Some of them were, some of them were, that's, that's fine. I'm glad they were there and I'm glad they helped. However, some that were the loudest on social media were not there. They did not help. That is my problem with it all. They are making decisions that necessarily don't affect them. And they are not being able to, they are not volunteering their time in order to uh, have their decision be carried out. I think that um, it would be a really good thing if this is revisited in the future by the national show committee. And I hope that it is that um, if the directors are going to keep the committee from doing their job, which is making determinations about the national show, I hope that those directors that are adamant that we have to have a milk check or a milk out will um, speak up and say why they are so adamant about it. Cause I, I just don't get it. I don't understand. To me, what's really sad is that on, as I was doing vet check, someone came over and they started guilting me into having to help with milk check. And that should never be the case. I had already worked 11 hours doing check-in for or doing vet check, exhausted. And here I am, someone on the National Show Committee is guilting me into volunteer more time that I've already put in a lot of hours of work already for this, and now they're asking more of me. To me, that seems a bit ridiculous, and that's a great way to tire out your volunteer base. Right. And again, for what purpose? What purpose does it have? Very little. So that's that's One my last- two cents. Sorry. One last thing I'd like to touch on just a little bit, Cameron, is about uh, the pen cleaning for the those who had an early release. Okay. So they they said in the national show rules this year that if you were going to leave early, that you had to clean your pen out before you left. So um, there weren't really good. They didn't have wheelbarrows there. Most people didn't have room to bring wheelbarrows with them on their trailer. So then you're faced with hauling buckets full or tarps full of stuff over to a, a central place to dump or paying $10 a pen to have your pens cleaned out by youth is what we were told that Adga youth would be doing it. But yet what I heard happen was that um, like, you know, I left on Wednesday, my t- pen didn't get cleaned out until Thursday or Friday. And it was cleaned out by the Kentucky Expo Center facility, not by youth. So I'd like to know what happened to the $60 that I paid to have my pens cleaned. Um, the concern with leaving, leaving the bedding in the pens was that it would sit there for the rest of the show and cause respiratory problems for the animals, that the ammonia would just sit there. Um, 
you know, my argument with that is there are no rules that say you have to clean your pins at all while you're there. So there were lots of people that probably didn't clean their pin all week. And yes, secondly, if ever, yeah, and if everybody in the West West Pavilion where I was, if they're all leaving early, what does it matter if that pin's not cleaned out because they're all leaving early? I, it just yeah. didn't make any sense to me. So I I don't know. I'd like to have a better explanation about that. Yeah, I agree, and I think there's some answers left to be are known and i think these are valid things that come october november uh, bring them up to your directors yes for sure on that so you know i hate to end anything on a negative note cameron and again mm -hmm. i think it's really important that we both emphasize overall it was a really good national show oh yeah yeah this was a national show that had far less drama far less hiccups, far less um, major catastrophes um, than previous national shows. And I'm thankful for the committee that put on a great show. Yes, me too. Me too. And I think, you know, as long as we keep in mind that there's always, there's always room for improvement, we're just going to keep getting better and better. Yeah, I agree on that. So, as always, listeners, thank you for uh, joining in for another week of Goat Gab. Uh, we've got some exciting stuff coming down the pipeline. Um, so look forward to that. Yes, thank you all. And uh, remember, leave us your thoughts on our Facebook on the Facebook on our Goat Gab site. And if you're so led, please leave a review and um, rate us on Apple Podcasts and the other platforms that you might be listening to. Thank you for being a part of our Goat Gab family and have a great week, everybody.